Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, they say that money makes the world go round and the world is still going round, although a bit wobbly at the moment, it seems, with all this um, COVID stuff. Brexit's so much uncertainty indeed. But we've, you know, we're always positive and upbeat on the show. And we've had some interesting news recently. We've had news of um, IBOS, uh, Phil Jones and his startup services. We've heard from Rob Purdy with a new business angel network setting up the Central Arc Angels, which opened up um, last week. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today a gentleman that's been in the finance industry for many years in different guises. He's a local boy born and bred and went to Northampton Grammar School. And that is John Landers, who's the director of Business Finance Services Limited, which is a finance uh, broker. But um, John does a lot of work as a consultant, advisor, etc. So, John, uh, an interesting year for you in the finance industry, I would imagine. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for, for having me on, Adrian. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, and in answer to your question, yes, absolutely. Um, probably over the last year has been um, yeah, very, very interesting and uh, very confusing, I would say, even for us uh, professionals who were working in the, uh, in, in the sector. Has it been a good year for people who basically are sources of money? Um, I think it's uh, been very, very challenging because it's probably been um, the, the government schemes, the bounce back loans and the Sybils schemes, which were a, a must support from, from the government. I, I'm not sure that they had many other options to, um, other than to step up and provide these levels of funding support. And really that was probably a reaction, not only to try and suppress the potential um, unemployment situation, was probably also a reflection of how the market was moving and making it more and more difficult for businesses to, to borrow money because there's no doubt at the beginning of this year that, that lenders were tightening their criteria. Yeah, we're in an era, an era of low interest rates and have done for a long time, right? Which in one hand would be good for people that need to borrow to, or to invest in their, in their business. Um, so tell, just tell us then at the beginning of the year, the traditional sources of finance were tightening. So where were, you know, if I had a business at the 1st of January, where would I, should I be looking to think? 1st of January last year, before COVID hit. We'll come on to COVID in a second. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the um, funding market, is, I mentioned the funding market was very confused, be it that, that I have a, a very simple approach to funding in, in that I think when you're, you're looking at funding, the funding is either provided on a secured basis or an unsecured basis if you're talking about lending. And then if you move into the investment area and, and equity, that, that's a, a slightly different variation. But if I come down to the lending aspect, be it secured or unsecured, there's, there's little doubt that um, at the beginning of this year, 
lenders were starting to get concerned about the type of security they were taking, the impact that, that was starting to happen on property valuations. So I think it's probably fair to say that most funders at the beginning of the year were starting to get uh, a lot more circumspect about their underwriting criteria. And, uh, and there's no doubt that, you know, if you talk to anybody in the insolvency industry, even pre-COVID, they were probably anticipating that there was a, a, a rising number of businesses that were having challenges and uh, couple that with the fact that funding was, was appearing to, to tighten up. I think it's probably fair to say that at the beginning of the year pre-COVID, a lot of insolvency practitioners would have indicated that they were anticipating getting quite busy. Yeah, I think we heard that from Gary Pettit, who I'm sure you know from yeah, um, very well. Uh, PB, what is it? PB Insolvency Practitioners. PBC, yeah. PBC. So, um, okay, so the sort of sources then that you're involved with, what types of um, lenders are they or funders? And, and are they the lenders or are they the equity investors? Well, if, if you stick to, to, to lending in the first instance, you've, you've obviously got your traditional lenders, the banks, then you go into what I call the, the more traditional secured lenders, which would be those that, that principally provide funding linked to specific assets. So you're then looking at property, you're looking at asset finance, you're looking at invoice finance, all of which have got a pretty decent track record and have been around for a, for a period of time. But Probably since 2008, when we had the banking recession, the broker, the finance and funding market has changed radically insofar as there is a lot more choice out there in the marketplace, particularly with the advent of the likes of peer-to-peer -peer lending and the, the, the development of many variations of a theme on old traditional lending. And, and, and I go back to to my core business or, or, or where I feel very, very comfortable with the invoice finance sector. Um, 10 years ago, there was, there was a, a probably 40 to 50 providers of, of invoice finance. If you have a look at the marketplace now, there's significantly more than that with various derivations of, of what fundamentally is providing funding against invoices. Mm. So the finance community is very uh, innovative, that's for sure. Is it too clever for its own good sometimes? Well, I have, I have this phrase that I call the SME funding playground, which again, I revert back to 2008, when at the height of the financial uh, crash or challenge that we had, it's probably fair to say that the banks didn't stop lending to SMEs because that would be wrong. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a supporter of the banks and I think they often get a lot of bad press, but I have this scenario where back in 2008, they decided that they wanted to retrench away from the SME market insofar as they were quite happy to continue to lend to those SMEs that they felt comfortable with. But in the process of doing that, they left behind many SMEs, particularly at the smaller end, that they didn't want to, to lend to. And to use my analogy, I think they, they, they exited the SME funding playground and left all the gates open, uh, which has basically since that day has resulted in lots of entrants going into the playground through the various gates, which I then revert back to the peer-to-peer um, the -peer lenders, the, the various derivations of invoice finance, uh, et cetera. And, and from a broker perspective, probably the biggest challenge is pr probably trying to keep on top 
of all the various funding options that are available out there in the marketplace. So there's there's lots of options, Adrian. Yeah. I think it just confuses uh, the space, and you know the emphasis nowadays seems to be on on speed and cost. And and I think when it comes to funding, they're two quite dangerous pr um, priorities to, to to place. And I think it's much more important to make sure you get the right funding for your business necessarily than the focus on cost and speed. Yeah, indeed. Let's just to go back those 10 years. So the housing market effectively caused all the problems with the CDOs. But what you're saying is that the knock on effect was on to the SME lending of the traditional clearing banks, who probably were often relying on the the guarantee of the of the of the um, the entrepreneur's house, right? I presume that that, that was the knock on well, no, effect, was it? Or? No, I think there's two different issues here. I mean, that the housing market was a domestic issue. The, you know that led to the bank crisis but as with it, any of these situations you know when when the banks are having to repair their balance sheets yeah it's not necessarily the part of the banks that 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 cause the issue that are the only ones that suffer for it so yeah. in in the process of trying to repair their balance sheets they they cut back on, on on lending and looked at their own you know their own balance sheet position and and one of the ways of doing that was to cut back on on what they perceived as more risky lending indeed okay well i think that's very clear so we, we come up to this year we have um covid covid as you rightly say affected lots of companies the government did step up to the plate i think we considerably and is still having to do so so that must have um made a i guess a change you know looking at where we are now the second lockdown i think economic activity is slowly uh, recovering um you know what? What's the environment like if you're a an investor and a, a lender, and B, you know, from the perspective of the the business environment, if you're an entrepreneur or a small to medium-sized business owner. Yeah. Well, again, I'll I'll, I'll come back to investors later if, if 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 it's appropriate, and I'll focus on lending at the moment because that that's where I think the principal um, requirement is for for many of the SMEs who who maybe over the last. Eight, seven, eight months have taken advantage of bounce back loans and and Sybil's loans during a period of time which their business has been, many of the businesses have been quite adversely affected. They've had their turnover drop off the edge of a cliff. And, you know, they've been trying to, to stay into survival mode during a period of time where, you know, they've, they've with the support of the, the furlough scheme, have tried to keep people's jobs open. And, you know, it, it really has created a, a difficult time for them to now come out, out of because if they've run out of cash having taken advantage of these uh, schemes, they're now in a, in a situation where they've got to go out to the market and, and look at what additional funding is available. And that's where I think there's a real challenge because they're probably going to do that on the back of a financial reporting period that's not look, going to look very clever. A lot of the funders work on very clever algorithms that are based on historical financials, and I'm not quite sure how some of these funders are going to adapt their algorithms to reflect what is undoubtedly going to be a, a reduction in the quality of, uh, of financial reporting from some of these companies. And I think mm. it's inevitable that there's going to be a bigger emphasis on owners putting up it probably in many cases, Adrian, personal security to, in order to secure the type of funding that's probably going to be realistically available to them going forward. Mm. 
So it's yes, there's going to be pressure there. And you're quite right about those algorithms and the sort of all the whole, you know, inverted commas credit scoring approach, right? So your um, advice, though, to small, medium-sized business owners, what would it be looking at 2021? I mean, sooner or later, they have to start paying back those government loans. I think they're pretty soft loans in many ways. But of course, if the cash flow is not coming in, any loan can be hard, whether that's personal or a business. But what, you know, what would you suggest and what alternatives are out there to recon- to think about? And perhaps which takes us into, you know, equity investment. Because a yeah. crisis, not, you know, some people benefit in a crisis, right? There are opportunities in a crisis. So are the investors beginning to, to sort of smell opportunity as we recover? I think you're absolutely spot on, Adrian. And, and, and you know, when I first started off, I, I started training off to be an accountant. And one of the first things I was told is that for every debit, there's a credit. So you're absolutely right that whilst there's lots of businesses out there suffering, there is going to be many businesses that, 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 that are going to do, do fine. But to come back to your point about where I would recommend they go, I would really encourage business owners to use this opportunity to take advice and maybe steer away from what I fear has been a go-to um, way of going around raising funding, which is resorting to the internet, doing a Google search, putting in some basic information, trying to get um, funding as quickly as possible. And I really think the time is now to go to, to your local broker. And I would say that because I'm a broker, but whether it's a broker, whether it's an accountant, an advisor, make sure that when you are looking to borrow more money it is the right thing for your company to do Mm. and if it is you source that from from the right type of lender and don't don't kid yourself in thinking that well if i can borrow some money and keep going for another three months i'm going to turn things around because if you are in that situation then you maybe ought to be speaking to an insolvency practitioner or, or your accountant to make sure, particularly if you're putting personal security up, mm. that that decision to take that lending out is the right thing to do. So I think it's never been more important to actually seek professional advice rather than take take out you know, the easy way and just go onto Google because you, you, you may not be getting the right answer for your particular situation. And a knock on effect from that, and you're absolutely right, that if lending, if you've got a viable business, but it's not really set up to take on more lending, then getting equity investment is a viable is a viable alternative. And there are lots of investors out there that that have money, would like to invest in businesses. There are many of them that, you know, will keep an eye out for a, a distress type situation. Doesn't mean that, you know, when they look at a distressed situation, Adrian, they're, they're fundamentally looking for a business that's sound, that maybe have some some challenges at the moment and and that's exactly where i think a number of businesses are going to be as a consequence of covid Mm. so that's very interesting so sounds like great advice a bit like on an individual basis don't keep maxing out on credit cards and new credit cards actually go and talk to a financial advisor or mortgage broker to see if you can restructure your finances in a much more solid sound and sustainable way yeah yeah i I think what, what applies to personal space is also appropriate to the corporate space yes so you have many hats, uh, John, and you, you know, we've introduced you as a director of a business uh, finance services, which is a broker. So you're not tied to any one lender. You can offer that independent advice and, and help a, a business owner find the right source. Yes, the right yeah. package for them. A- absolutely. I've always prided myself on doing the right thing for the client. And 
you know, I suppose at, at this moment in time, I have one thing that could be perceived as a, a conflict insofar as I, I do some outsource sale and tire kicking, if you like, for a, a small secured lender. Um, but that is it, it's quite a bespoke lender and, um, you know, it, it doesn't conflict with the majority of, of opportunities that would come across my desk. And probably eight times out of 10, when I do something with their hat on, it's as a consequence of me following up a lead that they provided to me. So, so you know, the chances of me getting a lead and, and, and diverting it there for, for, for personal purposes, are, 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 I can promise you are very remote, Adrian. Yeah, no, indeed. So you attended the launch of the Central Arc Angels the other day that Rob Purdy spoke about um, last week. Um, my thoughts were that it gave a great advert for the new Milton Keynes University, uh, which is a very exciting new initiative. But, you know, Rob's very keen to make sure we have as a northern outpost of this Oxford Cambridge arc in, in many ways, and one of them being in this business angel network. So just tell us your, your thoughts about that um, initiative and, you know, its strengths and weaknesses from your perspective. Um, I think as an initiative, it is, it has got tremendous potential and for the area it will be a, a huge benefit over the coming years. Um, I think you have to keep things in perspective insofar as um, it's probably a couple of years, certainly from, from where they're looking to, to really launch in, in full flow. But in the meantime, um, I think it's probably fair to, to say that the Archangel network of, you know, they will build up their network of, of angels mm. to prepare to look at investments. And, you know, the, 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 the lead person, uh, in the group, um, Peter Cowley is a very, very experienced investor who, who I'm aware from, from my own background that, that, that he was very, is very in, involved in a, a similar type network based over in Cambridge and has a, has an excellent track record. So I think, I think it's going to be fabulous for the region, but it is important to recognize that this, they are specifically targeting high growth businesses and therefore you know, they, they are specifically targeting uh, a specific type of, uh, of new business with lots of high growth potential. And, and that probably will only represent 5% of, of the new businesses that will be um, formed over the next two to three years in, in, in the Northamptonshire, Milton Keynes and the Ark area, I suspect. So whilst I think it's a fabulous initiative, it would be wrong to think that it's a panacea for all ills and there'll be many, many smaller SME businesses with maybe less ambition, ambitions in terms of growth yeah. that, that wouldn't be a target for, for the ARC. So fantastic initiative, um, but, but it's important to recognise that, that, that it, won't, it, it shouldn't be a path that, that every new start, start business should be to pass to. Okay, and more likely they're looking for businesses that have got to pass the proof of concept stage and now then want to accelerate. So they're not the early stage investors. They are going to be what do they call them, mezzanine or intermediate investors, I assume. Well, no, I, I think my, my understanding from the ARC and certainly from, uh, you know, Peter Cowley's background is that they do get in very early. Um, he does want to get into very early and, and, and the concept stage. Uh, yeah. But then they want to be able to help the businesses on the path to, 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 to fast growth. So I think I think the structure of what the ARC is, is looking to develop is, 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 as I said before, is a fantastic initiative, but it, it, it is specific to those businesses that have, that have the, be, the, the potential yeah. to grow very quickly and scale very quickly. Okay, so, that, and that's likely to be in, you know, 
I don't know, uh, IT and all those sort of things. And so for the rest, the other 90, 95%, especially startups, let's just focus a little bit on startups and the sort of services that you and your associates might be able to, um, to help. Yeah, well, what, what, within the um, ARC, and when, when they did the funding, you know, the, the options for funding, and in the very early stage, there's a, there's a very, for, you know, very interesting phrase that they use, which is called the three Fs. And the three mm. Fs stands for friends, family, and fools. Mm. And essentially what they're saying is that many, many people, when they, when they look to start a business, you've got to look behind why they're starting a business. You know, are they starting a business because, as I suspect, over the next 12 months, we're going to see a, a lot of people who start their business because they've been made redundant. They can't find a job. So they're essentially forced into a situation where in order to try and put uh, food on their plates, they decide that they will go and use their, their background, their expertise and look to start their own business. And, you know, there, there are something like 500 business, limited companies being registered in both the NN postcode and MK postcode each month at the moment. And, and that is likely to increase now, within, within that, those numbers, there's going to be lots of experienced businesses who are setting up new companies because they're SPVs for construction or whatever. But within that, that, that sample, there's going to be lots of people who are entering into running their own business for the first time. And I think one of the most important things is to when you start a new business, be honest, put your thoughts down, do a proper business plan and get it sense checked and try and take the emotion out of it because you know, going back to the fact that it's probably not not too difficult to get money from friends and family if they believe in you, and, and probably not too difficult to get get money from fools. But I think an, an honesty check at the outset is very very important, and that's why I think that you know getting your advisor on board, whether it's your accountant, your lawyer, your local um, broker, or, or, or other advisor, to sense check that that you're going on a journey that that has some potential and you don't want to be one of the statistics that I think Phil mentioned in his podcast that, you know, in, in one, in some sectors, failure in the first year of a new business can, can be as high as 90%. Now, my understanding is that is, that is probably in the online um, retail business where I think a lot of people think that they'll start up an online retail business thinking it's, it's fairly straightforward to set up. But if you haven't got the marketing budget to get your, your website in the right part of the search engines then you're probably going to find that after 12 months you you haven't got anywhere near the sales for your fantastic products that you think you should have i think that sounds like remarkably good advice so have an honesty check do a do well a do a business plan b have somebody else take a critical look at it and these are the services that um phil jones talked about i know you're involved with phil in his uh, in that venture iBoss, right independent business owners um support services um, and John, if anybody would like to get in touch with you to talk more about these things, what uh, what contact details can you offer or website? Well, probably in the first instance, I'd refer to Business Finance Services, which is um, boofinserv.co.uk. That's B-U-F-I-N-S-E-R-V.co.uk. Telephone number there is 01327 349 and if anybody would like to talk to me personally, my mobile number is 07809 361 664. Great. Okay. That's lots of um, 
good information. I'll repeat that in a second. But uh, you, in, in some of the notes you sent me, you put down here a very interesting phrase. Um, you're a piss on fireworks officer. So if I'm allowed to say that on air, and we are after seven o'clock in the evening, I guess, <laughs> but piss on fireworks officer. Can you explain to our listeners what, uh, what that means? Well, it actually relates to, to, to something I do with one of the, one of the uh, people that was also on the Archangel presentation the other day, um, insofar as he's a local entrepreneur, has a particular interest in, in med tech and the tech sector, uh, and I suppose I provide a bit of a sense check for him in that he gets very excited, particularly about uh, technology, ideas, people coming up with fantastic products. And as part of his um, due diligence, if you like, when he gets initial information, a teaser, a business plan, he will often send it across to me and say, what, what do you think? And I suppose I provide a balance insofar as he think he gets very excited about the product. I tend to look at, at at it more from a perspective of is there a good business opportunity here? Because I think, as I mentioned before, you can have the most fantastic product, and and again, uh, this individual Christian mentioned it in, in in the art presentation that the fact that you've got a a fantastic product doesn't necessarily mean that you've come up with a solution that is marketable and and, and makes a business. So. To the coining the phrase piss on fireworks is, is really one of a sense check for a potential investor when he's looking at, at an investor to see if there's actually a, a real business opportunity there. So it, it's nothing more than a, a play on, a, on a, a, a level of due diligence, Adrian. But it makes a nice phrase and it, it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, no, definitely indeed. Okay, well, look, John, that's absolutely fascinating. I think it's some really sound advice there. We hope we turn the corner. Vaccine, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Um, business, many businesses are doing well or have had a new lease of life in terms of innovation, but out of necessity, they've started to do things they didn't expect to do before. We're seeing a lot more collaboration amongst and across businesses and business sectors within the local business community. You as a local man are obviously very keen to see the county do very, very well. So if anybody would like to talk to John about any of the topics we've covered around business financing, that's um, John, uh, www.bufinserve, B-U-F-I-N-S-E-R-V.co.uk, bufinserve.co.uk. Phone number 01327 349779 and John's uh, personal mobile number 0780-9361664. 0780-9361664. John, it's been fascinating to talk to you. Really love the insights. Um, we must have you on again you know, next year to sort of see how things are going. But any last closing um, thoughts for our listeners as we come towards the end of this year, um, a, a tough, tough year and move into next year? Yeah, well, well, first of all, thank you for having me on again, Adrian. Um, I think I'm probably, a, you know, I, call, I, I think I suffer from old man syndrome and I don't want to be too negative about that because as I mentioned earlier, for every debit, there's a credit. And whilst there are going to be some businesses that for no fault of their own are going to have challenges over, over the coming months and year, there'll, there'll be other opportunities that arise for other people. And maybe by pivoting those existing businesses and people, making changes, they can make the best of, uh, uh, of the situation we face at the moment. So times are changing, but, but that shouldn't be totally doom and gloom. And I think there will become, you know, there'll be, there'll be good to come out of this. It just may be that, uh, you know, we've got some painful months ahead of us before we, we see the real green shoots. 
indeed. Thank you very much, John. Uh, keep well, keep safe, and keep up the good work. Thanks again, Adrian. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.